All right. Well, um, I've said before that, I'll just repeat an old story, that when I was first ordained to be a rabbi, I asked God, I legitimately asked God, how in the world am I going to think of something to say every single week to the same people? I mean, even musicians that do concerts, they have the same set list, and they just go around to different people who do the same list. I got the same people, and I got to think of something new every week. So I really, I went to before the Lord, and I said, well, how, I, I can't even imagine, like, having the ability to do that. And, um, you know, well, you know, seven years plus years, uh, he certainly has been faithful to give me a, a word to share every week. But uh, the, the advice that God gave me, or the guidance that he gave me, or the instruction he gave me, was, he says, well, I'm, I'm always talking to you, just about yourself, on ways that you need to grow, on ways you need to die to yourself, on ways you need to, to be transformed more into my image. And I'm always talking to you about that. I'm always exposing things in you that's got to go. I'm always raising things up in you that's got to stay. I'm always giving you revelation about your own personal growth. So, Whatever I talk to you about, about you, just say to the congregation. And who gives a whoop-de-doo if they care, if they're blessed by it? Just say what I say to you about you. <laughs> and if they get it, well, Baruch Hashem. And if they don't, well, there you go. You said something on Shabbat. You know? So anyway, this is one of those times where it's, this is really a message to me. So if you don't want to hear me talk to myself, you may leave. But if you are interested in hearing me talk to myself, you can stay. Hi, Mike. Shalom. See, that's me talking to other people. All right, so um, this Torah portion is Chaye Sarah, and, which means the life of Sarah. And in this Torah portion, we experience the death of both Abraham and Sarah, the mother and father of our faith. So let's talk a little bit as we say farewell to them in our Torah, our Torah portions. Let's just uh, give them honor uh, and talk about a quality that they have which has gone way beyond their lifespan all the way into this time. Now, when we think of Abraham, we normally think that he's the father of our faith. Um, and we see him as someone who has a, a faith in God and, and believed God. And it was counted as righteousness. Like his belief in God was counted as righteousness. And that's even mentioned in, in the New Testament. So we view him as, okay, he's the father of faith. He's the father of our, our belief in the true God. Uh, but interestingly, in, in Jewish thought, he's more than just the father of faith. He had other qualities which are very, very commonly taught in Jewish circles, not as much taught in Christian circles. In Jewish thought, um, religious Jewish thought, he's not just the father of faith. He's the father of hospitality and evangelism and outreach. So it all stems from the story of Abraham when, in fact, it says in the New Testament, I believe it's in the book of Hebrews, where it says, be hospitable. Be hospitable. Welcome people into your home. Because when you do, you don't know when you are hosting angels. Nahim, angels. 
You don't know. And that whole paradigm, as we know, came from Abraham, Avraham, Avinu, Abraham, our father, when God visited him and um, he welcomed them. He welcomed him, right? His angels came and visited him and he welcomed them and he treated them, he fed them, he had food, he was, you know, he walked with them as they left. I mean, he, he was very hospitable. So, you know, it's so funny. In Jewish thought, uh, there is, do you know how the story of George Washington, there's this fable of George Washington where he uh, chopped down the cherry tree or something like that? Do we know that story? It's like, I'm trying to remember it now. Like, he couldn't tell a lie, right? It was something, it's a fable. It, I don't think it really happened, right? I'm not sure if it really happened when he was, when he was a child, but it was, it's a fable, a story about the honesty of George Washington where he chopped down a cherry tree and then his father ac accused him of doing it and he said, I cannot tell a lie. It was me that did it. Did I have that fable correct? Does it, no, was that, that wasn't Lincoln, right? That was honest. I thought that was Washington. All right, we'll look that one up after service. But um, so um, anyway, so it, it's, a, it's a story that spoke about a quality of George Washington or Lincoln. Um, it's a story that spoke about his quality. And in Jewish writings, um, primarily within the Talmud, there are so many stories about Abraham. Like, you may have even have heard one. Like, it's, it's a very popular one where Abraham's father was, uh, was an idolater. He was, he was a pagan. He was into idolatry. And he used to have these idols all over the house. And Abraham, young boy Abraham, would go to his dad and say, Dad! Dad! Abba! None of these are real. And his father would go, ah, you don't know what you're talking about, little Abe. Get out of here. It was George? Okay. All right. So, um, anyway. So, and then Abraham, um, one day, knocked down all his father's idols. And, and I think he, like, put an, <laughs> like, he put an axe into one big one or something like that. And the father came in and said, like, what happened here? Ab Abraham, what did you do? And Abraham said, I didn't do it. It was that idol over there, see? And the father said, that's impossible. And then Abraham said, well, if that's impossible, then why are you praying to these gods? It's a story. It's, it may or may not be true, but it's a story that was passed down uh, from generation to generation in Judaism. And there's many, many stories about Abraham. And many of them include how hospitable God was. I'm sorry, how hospitable Abraham was, how he welcomed people into, the, into his home, and how he always spoke to strangers about God. He was, the he was hospitable, and he was like the first evangelist. He would always talk to people about this one God, about how, you know, people across the land, they either worshipped stone or they thought there was a God of the, the sea and a God of the tree and a God of the, the clouds and a God of the sky and a God of the sun. He, and he's telling everybody, no, 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 there is one God, one all-powerful God who loves you, who loves us, who's personal. He was like the first evangelist. So today I want to talk about a part of our faith which can be ignored, but it's so imperative. Um, and that is to be a minister to the world, not in ways of like 
going on the street and handing out tracts, and I'm not mocking it or, or, or talking against it at all, or going on the street and saying, do you want to accept the Lord Yeshua in your heart? I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about that, but there is an expectation from God for all of us to be welcoming, to, 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 to be kind to strangers. And it's a Pentecost message. It's a Shavuot. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a revival message. When we think of revival messages, we normally think of like the fire coming down, you know, the Holy Spirit coming down and zapping us, you know. And, and those are absolutely Holy Spirit revival messages. But ultimately, revival is people meeting God in a large way. Revival is, is people coming to know who the true God is in a, in a mass way. And when we see, and I have some scripture here that I wanted to type up and, and print and get it right. Um, Acts 2 is, is the, like the Pentecost chapter. And when we think of Pentecost, we know we always think of the experience of the Holy Spirit coming down and, and, and landing on, on the believers and 3,000 people were saved. But then it continues on in verse 43 day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, and by the way, that back then, the temple was the temple in Jerusalem. The believers continued to go to the temple. But listen to this. Breaking bread from house to house, sharing meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with, with the people. So they weren't just walking in miraculous power they were like inviting people to their homes. They were, had favor with the community. They broke bread together. And today I want to talk about, and this is something that has been on my mind as, and I mentioned last week for those who haven't heard, Susie and I are moving to this area. We're moving out of uh, Westerly, Rhode Island in January, and we're moving walking distance from Elaine. <laughs> And that wasn't intentional, sorry, Elaine. But we're happy is true. Uh, so we're moving about 10 miles from here because we feel that the Lord is saying, it is time to amp up the community in this place. It's time, and, and not just, just to hang out or to, to, get, to get together, which is all awesome, but you know what? I think Adonai, God, has a revival purpose for it. Because revival, as we're reading, is not just the signs and wonders. It's breaking bread with each other. It's going from house to house and just having a meal and sharing a meal and, and being kind to each other and being active in the community. Like, God willing, I'm looking forward to actually being, like, like once I'm in this community, like, I know it's not just going to be me in this community. Like, then it's like, it's not just me. It's the one that lives within me. So when you walk around, it's not just you, it's Moshiach who dwells within you. And that is the essence of why he wants us to be a part of the community and not just separate isolationists living in our, our, our homes. Because if they, it's, Yeshua said, if they receive you, they receive me. And John said, if they receive me, this is it's quoting Yeshua, if they receive me, Yeshua said, they receive the one that sent me. So it, it brings it to a whole new level. You know, Hebrews says, like, you know, when you have people in your home, you might be, you know, hosting an angel. 
But Yeshua amps that up and says, when they receive you, they receive me. And this is evangelism as well. It's part of developing relationships and, and letting him be used through you. And there are so many ways that we can just be active in our community. Like, I've always thought, like, okay, how can we be, like, more evangelical or more outreach-focused here at Mishkan David? And, you know, the, my, the way my brain works, it's normally like, well, can we organize something? You know, can we do something in an organized way? But you know what? I got to tell you something. It doesn't have to be an organized way. It's a lifestyle, and it's, um, it's a thought process and a mindset that, like, if you see a homeless person, just go over there and pray for the person. And praying for the person is, like, so easy. You can be in, in a, a restaurant, and the waiter or the waitress, you can say, hey, how can I pray for you? You know, before I order from the menu, like, like, what do you want? How can I serve you? And there's so many ways. I believe if we, as a congregation, had a mindset of outreach, even if we don't have an organized structure, which I am not against whatsoever, if somebody has, like, a vision for anything, um, I know that um, somebody... Um, that we know that goes here, that attends Word of Life, actually. Like, every Sunday, I think she goes to, like, a park, and she opens up a table, and she has a prayer table. You know, I actually went with her once. You know, she, like, has a prayer table in a park, or she goes person to person. Very just straight-out kind of street evangelism. If anybody has a vision for that, like, I, I'm, like, all in, you know. Um, but what, what I want to bring forward today, which is what Adonai is bringing into me, is to have a culture a culture, a culture of being hospitable within and without of the body and being available to God because of the one that lives within you. And I'm blown away that at the end of Acts, when it doesn't only talk about the signs and the wonders, it talks about them going house to house. No, not in the Jehovah Witness type of way, but in a, in a fellowship type of way, and the holiness of that, and, and how impartation, holiness and impartation happens when we are open to letting God work through us to other people. And there's so many ways of doing that. There's so many ways of doing that, because Yeshua said, when they receive you, they receive me. He even talks about, like, if, if somebody gives you a, a drink of water. If somebody gives you a drink of water, they won't lose their reward. So how's that for evangelism? How about going to somebody and saying, uh, I, I'm a, I, I need some water, I'm thirsty. And let them go, oh, let me go get you some water. Oh, Baruch Hashem, you won't lose your reward. <laughs> there are so many ways that we can impart seed. Impart seed. And you know what? You know what I'm blessed about here at Mishkan David? I already know it's part of our culture. I know it. And you know why I know it? Because I don't hear about it. But when I do hear about it, I'm blessed by it because I know that it's happening. Every now and again, I'll hear something. And I'm like, wow. 
you know, it's amazing when it happens that there is a culture of hospitality and a culture of outreach here at Mishkan David because Yeshua said, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. So it's not like it's something that's, you know, always spoken about. But, you know, if you are doing something like that and there's a testimony to share, why don't you come forward and say, you know what, I had this person over in my house or something and I was able to pray for him or her. Or I was able to share the Lord, and that's it. And those are testimonies, and I would love it if people came forward and gave a testimony on how the Lord is using you in ways of just simple, breaking bread with people, and, and being available in your community. And edifying all of us through those stories. If you want to talk end times... Like, people are always like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like, there is an end time story in, in, in Matthew 25 when it says that when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he'll sit on his glorious throne and the nations will be gathered and he'll separate the sheep and the goats. Like, this is like an end times judgment. This is like, you know, when it's all said and done. You know what I mean? Here's Messiah. He's back. He, you know, he's in front of us. And now we're all going through judgment. Like, this is an end times message. But then what does he say, like, in this end times message when he's going to separate the sheep and the goats? He says, well, you know, when I was hungry, you gave me some need. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was naked, you gave me clothes to wear. When I was in prison, you, you, came, to visit, you came to visit me. And, and these, these humble sheep didn't even know what he was talking about. You're like, what? I don't remember doing that to you. And he said, when you did it to them, you did it to me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. See, he amps it up. It's not just a visit of angelic beings. It's, it's recognizing not only the one that lives within us, but the one that lives within them. When you do it to the least of them, you do it to me. And then with the ones that were on the other side, the goats, they're like, you didn't. Give me drink. You didn't give me food. You didn't visit me when I was imprisoned. You didn't clothe me when I was naked. And, and they were like, why? What, what, when did I not do that? He said, when you didn't do it. When you didn't do it to those who are in need. That's an end times message. Like this whole thing just, just turns Pentecost messages and end times messages on its head because they all have something that is that in common with all of it which is be kind to people. Let him use you in your, in your life. You know, ministry, and I've said this before, people think ministry has, to, has just about bringing the Levites forward and, you know, and doing backflips, you know, and doing these neat things to ordain people and, and serving. You know, people think that that's what ministry is, but how many times throughout the New Testament is, is, are, are the, the apostles, the writers of these books and letters, uh, admonishing us to, to visit the sick and to, and to um, answer calls <laughs> and, and to be hospitable and to welcome strangers? Yeah, Mishkan without walls. And you're home without walls and wherever you are without walls and without boundaries. People think that ministry is, is church ministry. But church ministry is practice. It's practice. That's all this is, is practice. That's why it's like two hours on a, on, a, on a Saturday. Or in a church, 
45 minutes on a Sunday. No, just kidding. But it's just practice. I mean, if we have the most extravagant worship in this place, but we're not being hospitable to the people that we meet and to each other. You know, Paul actually says in one place, like primarily to the people of God, but to everyone. You know, if we're not being like welcoming and and open and being available, but we have like this extravagant worship for two hours a week, we have nothing, absolutely nothing. So what's that? Say it again. Say it again. Oh, war. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. it. You are the light of the world, Yeshua said. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is the message that Adonai is is speaking to me, like to, to, to raise up the community aspect the availability aspect, the um, being the light of the world in the area that he's given me authority over. And everybody here, he's given area that you have authority over. Spiritual authority. And that spiritual authority can be activated through the simplest acts of going to that homeless guy that's on the corner and just praying for him. So they see your father in heaven. It's so much better than religion. In fact, it's called pure and undefiled religion, according to James. And there's an interesting verse, and I'll share this. Now, here's the part of the verse that gets us all goosebumpy. You ready to get goosebumpy? Who here wants to get goosebumpy? Okay. Say it again. <laughs> raises her hand. I want to get goosebumpy. So there's a verse that gives us a promise. Your, this is God talking to you through a prophet, your light will break forth like the dawn. Mm-hmm. Here comes the goosebumps. I'm hearing it. And your dawning will spring up quickly. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Shut up. up, up. No, right. <laughs> then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Hineni, here I am. Your light will rise into darkness. Your gloom will be like the midday. The Lord will guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places. The Lord will give strength to your bones. This is all like amen stuff. Like this is good stuff. But the, the condition for it is if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will be noonday. There's an amazing Jewish teaching in this because it's from Isaiah 58. And I think it's about George Washington. No, I'm just kidding. It must have been 
Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, a day when we fast and we mourn. And in old times, they just, you know, they, they dressed like they were mourning, you know, sackcloth and ashes. I am so thankful these days we don't need to wear sackcloth and ashes. But um, anyway, so this is what they're doing. So imagine, like, it's Yom Kippur, and they're doing what the Lord said to do. They're rending their hearts. They're repenting. They're sorry. They're wearing the, the, the proper garments of, of mourning and repentance. And the prophet goes to these people who's apparently doing the right religious thing. And he says in Isaiah 58, starting in 5, is this, is this the fast that I'm looking for? Is this what I'm asking for? A day to humble yourself? Well, yeah. Uh, last I read Torah, yeah. We're supposed to humble ourselves and not eat. And he goes, will you call this a fast? Do you call this an acceptable day of the Lord? And then he clarifies, is this not the fast that I choose? So, I mean, this is crazy. Like, it's a fast day. So, okay, we're going to fast, you know? And God's saying, no, 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 no. This is the fast I want. This is the fast I want. Release the bonds of wickedness. Undo the ropes of yoke. Let the oppressed go free and a break and break every yoke. This is the fast I want. This is what blows me away. Is it not to break your bread with the hungry? Wait a minute. This is a fast day. This is a fast day. This is the day to stay away from food. And God wants us to take food and feed the hungry. Well, won't they be breaking the Torah if they eat? This is the essence of what of Messiah spoke when it comes to the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. You know what I mean? This is where he reprimanded the Pharisees. You know, like, okay, we won't work on Shabbat, but there's like, you know, a, a donkey in a hole with a broken leg, and I'm not going to pick him up because it's Shabbat. You know what I'm saying? And Yeshua's like, no, no, no. You know, if there's, if there's a wounded sheep, if there's a wound, somebody wounded, you work even on Shabbat to restore and to heal. Like, that's like the... the, the Basics of how Yeshua clarified Torah for all of us. And it's, it's that same spirit when he's saying, this is the fast that I want. Break your bread with the hungry. Ho. Whoa. Bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked, cover them and do not hide yourself. And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. That means that they're part of your body. That homeless person, that's what that means. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. So today I want to encourage everyone here to develop, and I'm so grateful I know that the only one not doing it is me and the only one needs to learn about this is me, but I am so grateful that that culture is in here, but I want to speak out right now a culture in this place of outreach, a culture in this place of being available in community, a culture in this place of opening your homes and breaking bread with people because when they receive you, they receive him. It's all about Yeshua. It's all about 
Yeshua. And that is my charge for you today and my charge to me from God. And that's why we're moving on up to the east side, to the deluxe apartment in Barlow. In Yeshua's name, amen, amen.